Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page, only if I had one gun, one girl and one crib, one God to show me how to do things his son did, pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151, one sip will make a nigga flip, writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence, who I'm gonna body, this hood politics acknowledge it, leave bodies chopped up in garbage, seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us, police watch us, roll up and try knocking us, one knee I just, could it be my time is up with my love? I got up. The cop shot again. Bus stop glass burst. A fiend drops a Heineken. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out. I shoot back. Fuck getting hit. This is my hood. I'm a rap to the death of it. To everybody, come on. Little niggas is grown. Hood rats. Don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Shit from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chase. Street sweepers and coppers. Sick up kids with no conscience. Leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to die, we're not. Out. This is what now is about, nigga. The time is back. All I need is one mic. All power to oppress people. African power to an African people and black power. It's your brother, national chairman, uh, Yang and Kuma, People's Black Panther Party for self uh, self determination. On independent black talk, blog talk, radio, coming to you again on another Tuesday. Like always, man, it's a pleasure to be able to come to the people, rap with the people, share ideas, uh, exchange information, just all the good, positive. Like I said, you know, I always say this is your radio station. It's an opportunity for us to put together a think tank to come together. My philosophy, my life philosophy is African communalism. We can all get along. We can make the world a better place. Man, all powers to the people. Talking to you tonight on a serious topic. Um, it had come up in a discussion when I was in Cleveland at the 28th anniversary of Peace in the Hood, uh, commemorating Amir El-Hajj College Samad. Congratulations for 28 years of great service to the community and to the people. Man, we applaud you on that. I know you have definitely been an inspiration to me and my works. But during the conference with a lot of these um renowned people and a lot of these activists and revolutionaries and uh, political and religious leaders, the subject of black identity or the whole black identity extremist um, issue came out. And it was heavy, some of the questions that we're asking, because, you know, a lot of time we'll see this and we become so immune to the horrors of society, to the things that have taken place from the unjust murders of our brothers and sisters to just outright being um, not just 
suppressed by the police, uh, but oppressed economically, exploited, all of those things, that I think that we've grown a certain callous to things that happen to us as a people, or we've, we've, we're so busy in the immediate now, in the fight of right now, that we really don't have the luxury, the opportunity, the time to stop and think about future attacks or see them preparing for future attacks. And that's exactly what I see this labeling of black identity extremists as being. You know, I, my first question, I think, with, and is probably a lot of people's questions who are conscious and call themselves aware of their identity and trying to reclaim their right state of mind and their right state of being, that whether that's spiritually, mentally, culturally, health-wise and our dietary habits and practices, whatever, trying to regain that sense of self, that reconnectedness to the place of, of, of your origin, that can kind of be, it's like, okay, so first of all, I'm trying to look, ask you, what in that marriage I want you putting us on some type of list? And what do you call an extremist? How can one be extreme about their identity? I don't never think you can love yourself enough, love your people enough. I don't think that you can have too much race pride, too much pride in a great and glorious history, in your accomplishments and your achievements, your literary works, your works of art. I don't think you could ever have too much pride in your identity. That was, you know, one of the first things, one of the immediate things that has stood out to me. How has that happened? Then secondly, what stood out to me was if you are putting so-called black identity extremists on a list, then apparently you have a criteria. So while we're out here running around, bickering with one another, competing for whatever Facebook likes or whatever, the most fans, whatever, you know, we may be into while we're doing that, that a people who have historically been bent on your destruction, your demise, your enslavement, all of that have now come up with a category and have, um, have quite a criteria what they constitute as black. Think about it. They have something called a black identity extremist. Therefore, you must have a criteria that you're calling black. While we're still muttering around for it and arguing about um, differences in culture, culture of the ancient people, which I, listen, I am one who reveres and honors the ancestors. Believe me, anyone who knows me will tell you that, man, when that boy, when it comes to his egungun and his egungun, he is serious about that. My ancestors, elevated ancestors, communal ancestors, I am one who reveres and honors and puts on front street our accomplishments, our achievements, the works of our ancestors, and I remember them. But we will get to arguing about the way they lived on this earth culturally with one another, and here your so-called enemy a people who I like to say, like I said earlier, it's been historically proven that they have been out for our demise, has now, in all the years of our jumping around, going from nigger to Negro to colored to 
blacks, Afro-American, African-American, and all these other things, finally a lot of us, you know, coming to the consciousness that we're African, now has system as a system has categorized you and they know what black is or what they're considering black. Once again, someone else labeling and defying you. So now what they consider black and then you know what they consider a black identity and if you whatever those that criteria may be, if you adhere to those things, uphold those things, you're an extremist. What if that criteria is that those who acknowledge the red, black, and green, those that call themselves Africans, or those that change their names, or those that have a different diet, or those that even practice a different form of worship, what if, what if these are some of the criteria? And these are the things that we snooze on. So, but I say all of that to say, in that aspect, don't tell me we're not a nation. Don't tell me we're not one people, because they have already categorized us as one people in a nation. We've just forgotten. Thirdly, one of the dangers, and 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 this is going to be open for discussion. Thirdly, one of the dangers is they begin to target a certain. Class, I don't like the word class as in economic class, but a certain segment of our society when they say black identity extremists, they, they begin to target our intelligentsia. Those brothers and sisters who have devoted themselves to the study, to bringing back to life all the miraculous and wonderful things that we contributed to civilization. Hell, we civilized the uncivilized. So they begin to target those brothers and sisters who have put in hours and hours, days, weeks, months, years of study to bring us that information. They begin to target our health people. Our people were telling us, eat right. Our body is not made for certain foods. You're an African people. Your body has this disposition. It will handle this type of thing and stay away from that type of thing and this food and that food. Do your own. They begin to target those people because those are people that are creating healthy bodies which lead to healthy minds and healthy actions of the black of, of black identity. It's a part of black identity. They begin to target the militant aspect, the disciplined brothers and sisters who train themselves in survival and self defense to further and to ensure the continuance of the black race. They begin to target that segment of society. So this is a so that's the third thing. Once they come in and they can isolate and they can uh, eliminate and eradicate that segment of our society, what I like to call really the anchor of our society. Because let's be real, brothers and sisters, with what we're living around and dealing with daily. See, our problem is we do escapism and we run from it. We run from what we're surrounded with daily into these little enclaves that we've created instead of taking that black identity that we're studying about, that we're eating for, that we're training our bodies to defend and going back into the masses with the masses of the people and spreading that seed. They want to eliminate, but they know it is around that time. I think one of the things they said was the reason was it was a – a fear of reprisal for law enforcement officers. 
It reminds me of the movie Malcolm X when Brother Malcolm, you know, the movie that Denzel played in, according to that scene, when Malcolm had the black Muslims line up and the officers told him, you know, what about these people? Do something with these people. He said, my people are disciplined men. You know, that's the crowd, that's the masses. So you're worried about the most disciplined of the black community. You're worried about the most physical, the healthiest of the black community. That's what you're that's what you're targeting. And because you already know that you have captured the mind and the attention of a lot of the masses. They don't want you and I to get out there and the seeds start to spread. As far as reprisals from black people and all of this stuff, stop killing us. It don't take nobody. It's not about them. anybody out there claiming a black identity, any identity or anything like that, a black identity extremist. It isn't about that. The first law of nature is self-defense, I mean self-preservation. Stop killing brothers and sisters. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. You know the whole rhetoric. You know the science. You know the math. That's just a way to say to begin, like I said, to target that segment of society because it has become so real, brothers and sisters, out there. It has become so real and detrimental to African people here in America, to the black man and woman here in America, that they know that you and I, those brothers and sisters that are here to some form of consciousness, and not just consciousness of being aware, but also perform conscious actions. They know that it is the times are so powerful when in such perilous times that the masses will begin to because you gravitate toward things that are surviving and things that are thriving. Evolution. The weak die off. So they will begin to gravitate to those to that light that we're illuminating. That's how that's how dark the times have become. That's how dark the times have become. They will begin to gravitate towards the light that you're illuminating, that you're giving off, the energy you're radiating. They're going to come to that. And that's what we have this system or whoever put this in place about this black identity extremist. They don't want us, you and I. I mean, it speaks volumes. Just let it roll off your tongue a couple times. Your mind, your logical mind, if you're any type of sensible thinking human being, your logical mind won't even accept the phrase. It will immediately begin to form questions and try to wrap, try to bring something so illogical to some type of logic. your, Your mind, especially an African mind, automatically does that, and you begin to try to make some rational sense of what's irrational. Black identity extremists. What is that? You're listening to the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination, Independence Black Blog Blog Talk Radio. I'm your brother, National Chairman Yang and Krumah. Listen, I'm I'm ready to open the mic. If you want to contribute to it, press one. We'll recognize you. We'll open your open your mic, and and I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Cause it's 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 maddening to me 
It is manly. It is to to sit and to think about. And I think what gets me is the ramification, the potential for destruction this thing has. I think that that's what gets me the most. It's opening a door to basically carte blanche. Do what you want to do. So I think one of the things is we, we, we need to know this list. We need to know what you're calling a black identity extremist. We need, I want to know, first of all, and just out of sheer curiosity, I want to know what you call black. Also, real stuff. Is it chicken and watermelon? I mean, Kool-Aid? What, what are you calling black? So I would, love to, I would love to know. The people that have mislabeled you, misinformed you, miseducated you, and mistreated you have a specific, they know what a nigger is because they created the nigger, has a specific type of black man and black woman that puts so much fear in them. Can I say fear? So much, it puts so much in them that they have to have a special program and a special category that they have to put them on some type of group terrorist list or something. I want to know who the hell that is you scared of like that. What is the criteria for that? A black identity extremist. It's dangerous. It's dangerous for them, allow them to label us. And we have had the very bad habit of, as a people as a whole, and I'm not talking about you dear brothers and sisters that contribute your finances, your your, med, your hours of study and work to the community. I personally, listen, I'm personally thanking you for all the work that you put into it for being the cogs that keeps the move in movement. I really appreciate that. I really do. But I'm talking about as a people on the whole who haven't embraced a communal identity, haven't embraced the fact that we have a shared, when we look up nation, we have people tell us, oh, you can't be a nation. You don't know where you're from. A nation of people that have shared the same suffering, the same traumatic experience. And the majority of us, and I'm not going to get into the brothers that was the sisters that was over here free and they was here before slaves. All of that's fine. You're still a nigga. You're still a nigga. But anyway, I'm talking about those of us that have said, okay, you know what? The Ma'afa is a very real event that happened. And so we embrace on that. Or if nothing else, we embrace on the fact that they, they were niggas. And they economically exploit us and physically repress us and suppress us and murder us and kill us. All of those things. We can unite on that commonality. And when uniting on that commonality, you begin to want better for your people. When you have that connectedness to your people, you begin to want better for your people. So you begin to guard. One of the things that comes out of wanting better for your people is you begin to guard your image. You guard your reputation at all costs. And we stop allowing movies and music to depict us in an unfavorable light. Yeah, I'm not talking about artists not having their freedoms to express themselves. That's cool. To a degree. They've lost the sense of responsibility and the sense of obligation to the community. That you know what I'm saying about that buffoonery and that 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 bull stuff that we're doing. Wedding dresses, man, come on, man. So I don't even like to get on Facebook. I was on Facebook. Some brother had a wedding dress on with a machine gun barrel in his mouth. 
That's more. I don't. You can't get more a black man. You can't get more submissive than that. You got a wedding dress on and a machine gun barrel in your mouth on your knees. The sexual implications behind that. The straight, uh, uh, straight suicidal tendencies in that. You got the barrels. The homosexual content of that, or at least the gender confusion. You got on wedding dresses. I mean, just the whole message you're sending out. And we as a people have it, and what we got to understand, here's the sad part, not only do we make it, but it's pumped by white distributors. Look at some of these albums where everybody's talking about labels. Let's look at the distributors. So we can tackle these little artists, but we need to go after these distributors, these Sonys, these Warner Brothers, and we have to protect our image. You won't see nothing. It's hard to find a movie out there that portrays a Jew unfavorably. Not unless you got some white, racist, Nazi propaganda paraphernalia. That's the only way. But you're talking about mainstream media. You don't, it is, you will, it's, man, listen, almost damn near impossible to find something to portray a Jew unfavorably. His movie is going to be heart-wrenching. You're going to feel bad. Jeez, that Hitler. You're going to feel terrible. Schindler's List. The zoo, they hiding them in zoos and shit. You're gonna feel terrible about that, but we allow our image to be we the gangster, the clown, and we allow them to distribute and make billions off of that, off of not just the sheer buffoonery and clowning, but also we're talking about the dehumanization of a people. Now they see you and I, and not even most of you and I listening on this phone, because really we have reached an age, praise the most high. We thank God. We've reached an age that most statistics say that we're out of that danger zone. We know not by much, not by very much. We live in the war zones, and we work in the war zones, so it's not by much. But we don't live in that age of where it, it is almost every day, you're living in imminent danger. Your life can be snatched. Walking to school, walking to the store, a wrong hat, a wrong coat, or somebody simply wants your tennis shoes. That age that our children are coming up in. And is the world is disconnected from it because we have allowed ourselves to be dehumanized. They don't see the tragedy when it happens to you and I. I was watching this documentary on... Uh, the violence in Chicago. And one of the things one of the, the, the activists had said was that society is disconnected. They're disconnected from you and I being murdered. They didn't see children, young people snatched up in the prime of their life. But when it happened, um, what he said, uh, say, Sandy Hooks, Shady Hooks, at that school, when they go into school and they shoot white children, it, it, it touches home. It, it shakes them. We got must do something about these guns. They want to talk about guns. Look at Las Vegas. They, what happened in Las Vegas when the white boy flipped and lost his mind? Now they're talking about gun reform and gun control and gun this and gun that. Because it, it's relatable to them. But you and I have been so disconnected from ourselves and from reality that when we see the clowning and the buffoonery or we see tragedies going on, 
We can see a woman being brutally beaten. We will pull out our cell phones, brothers and sisters, and take pictures. And not only take pictures, advertise for people. What, you, what I mean, advertise first thing about how that world star, y'all need to get world star to cut you a check. We'll begin to advertise for them. Let's go to my phone lines. We see it lit up. Four seven. Let me grab my glasses here. Four seven zero one four four four. Opening your mic. Hey, Black Power. How you doing? No, nephew. What's good, man? I'm good. I'm glad you could call in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, I just had to, you know, tap in for my little piece about, you know, the black extremists. Okay. Okay. I mean, you know, as far as I see it, you know, and this is, this is you know, we, you know, we all got our own opinion, but we got to face it. We was bought to this land. We was imported. Let's talk about it like that. Imported to this land for our muscles. Mm-hmm. It was imported to build this land up from the ground up. It was uncultivated. It was raw. It was beautiful. Okay. In this day and age, we 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 they don't have a use for black people anymore. I mean, looking at it to the point of why we were imported, they have no. It's it's you see what I'm saying. That's why to the that's why we was bought here to build it up to be slaves. Okay, without them, you know, being able to fill that void, all of these Africans that you bought here. See what I'm saying? They basically have no purpose because they cannot serve the purpose they was bought here to do. Just like you look at old Rome, you look at mm-hmm. old Egypt. After your job is completed, you either kill or you turn to a warrior or you're an entertainer or you're some kind of a, a, a servant. Or you're some, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they, they, they devise a plan, but that's one of the things about this black identity extremist. What I say, nephew, they trying to get rid of a certain type. See, you can't enslave. Right. One of the, They don't want you to have that black identity because you can't enslave an African. You can't enslave a free man. You can't enslave a man that knows who he is or a woman, for that matter, that knows who they are. Why right. they'd rather die to be anything other than. The very nature, the sheer force of the black man and black woman will compel them to resist that that conformity, that oppression that you're trying to put on them. They're not going to do it. So what they do, if they get rid of you and I, if they get rid of the brother and sister that is conscious of their identity, then they got a place for niggas. Like mm. you said, they ran out of legal slavery for us, but now what they're doing is warehousing us. Look at the sheriff. I forget what state. I believe it's Louisiana. He said, if you let our good niggas go, he didn't say good niggas, of course. I'm paraphrasing. But in so many <laughs> words, he said, if you let our good niggas go, then we won't have anybody to do the work that our bad niggas can't do, the brothers and sisters that can't get out the gates. He said, we need somebody to work. They wash our cars. They cook the food. Mm-hmm. So they got a place for those that don't know their identity because when you don't know who you are, they can easily corral you and conform you. Since you know that, you're behind enemy lines now. How many of the Negroes in there have conformed and acquiesced to the system? They're running oh, around man. that pool like it's okay. Oh, man. Can't tell them nothing. Don't want to sit for oh, a minute man. and learn about who they are. 
Don't want to know. No, don't want to know. But a brother like you in there, they're going to watch you like a hawk because they don't want that they don't want that sentiment to spread. They don't want them to know who they are because when you know who you are, they become discontent with the place that they're in. And, you know, they have something here called institutional need. That means that you are so beneficial to the system that we would not let you go home because we don't know what we'll do without you. See. And they do this. They do this to the mechanics. They do this. They do this. This is what happens to the people who are trying to get out of their time and, and, and move on. They they actually, you know, they rehabilitate. Well, I see you trying to be a better person, but, you know, we got something called institutional need. And we need you here. So whatever's on that paper is the time you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Institutional need. That's what they do. But see, only that's why I say they trick you into that because it takes a nigga mentality to begin to conform. I'm not there to conform. I'm not there to comply. I'm not there to be guards or friends with the guard. Friends with me. I'm here to do what you say is a penance or whatever you say it is. I'm going to do that. I'm going to maintain my identity. I'm going to be free in my mind, and I'm coming home. I'm not coming here for the extra. I'm not going to start fighting for extra cookie pies in this bad boy. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way on the streets. When the brother and sister on the streets, what they call in this black identity extremist, they say that because you can't, they begin to repel that niggerism. Niggerism don't stand a chance against a brother or sister that knows themselves. And they're looking long term. You know what I'm saying? So then we begin to even breathe better because our standards begin to raise. We begin to know what we're looking for. You know, but my own thing. You mentioned, not to cut you off, you know, you mentioned something about dehumanizing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If, you know, if, 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 you know, they go for purge, all the movies on TV, you know, you know, to the prison system most definitely. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you get to the point where things that would be, you know, world software, camera work. Oh, I ain't getting, I ain't even getting out of my bed for it. I'm not even getting out of my bed for it because it's always going on. So it's a, it's a certain, you know what I'm saying? It's an effect. To, it's a, it's a dehumanizing tone also. So, you know, the attack, the attack is global. It's in and out. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm feeling that. Absolutely. Man, I sure appreciate I sure appreciate that input, nephew. I'm just gonna hit your phone mute because of the background noise. But if you want to chime back in, take it off one and hit one again. You know, you always come on in and drop that wisdom. You know, definitely, man. Like he's saying, is we go back when he's talking about that dehumanizing piece. That's real. We've allowed ourselves to be dehumanized. We've allowed ourselves to be depicted in the most uh, uh, unfavorable light. I mean, just. Look at some of the movies. We look at some of the movies. I was talking to the queen about Girl Trip, and she was saying how she laughed, but at the same time she saw the undertones and the underlying message that it was sending out, the buffoonery, the the condoning of sometimes not the best behavior, sometimes not the best decisions, the lewdness, the conduct. And all of that, though it seems funny and on the surface seems very harmless, we have to look at when you're taking established black women, powerhouses in the black entertainment world of women, 
And you're taking that type of image to young women who not following ISIS, they're not following Asada Shakur, they're not following uh, Kathleen Cleveland or any other uh, family Fanny Lou Hammer, none of those. They're looking towards this entertainment and the stars' behavior and the world that these stars live in. Then yes, these stars are accountable. And so, though we may laugh, and as older people, we may know better, they set the social norm for the next generation coming up, up under us, and not even our next generation. We must be honest about our age, not even our generation. We're talking two generations under us, two or three generations under us, that of people who are watching this movie, and that sets the social standards. So, no, they don't want black identity. Because black identity begins to put out images. This is why the black, when we talk about the movement, having our partners developed, we need strong information departments. We need strong propaganda departments. And they don't have to be in our organizations. Work with black filmmakers. Work with that up-and-coming independent um, black filmmaker. Go to the colleges if you have to. Talk to film students and this and that and begin to develop that communal thing that leads to strong cadre building, that leads to that strong group of brothers and sisters that are building to think about not how only to combat, but how to project strong, healthy, positive images that still may be entertaining and appealing to the masses of people. This is why they don't want black identity, but this is the very importance of black identity. So therefore, I send out a chat. I I would love to know what you're considering black, because if our lists are similar in any way, I know I'm gonna probably hit a lot of check marks. So, I'm compelled to ask. That forced me to ask. Being a man of reason, it only it 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 it, it makes me ask you. What is the intentions of that? What are you trying to do? Where are you going with it? Was it was it at the at the end of the day, man? We cut all the small talk. What does it mean? And the only reason we're asking him what it means is to let him know that we're aware of what it means. I want to hear you say it. I I know what it is. And there's nothing you're going to be able to say to tell me it isn't what I think it is. I know what it is as it affects me. Don't see it. You, there's nothing. You're tight. The name says it all. So I know what it is, but I want to hear you tell me. I want to hear you to have to be brazen enough, to have enough nuts and guts to see you look in the face of a black man and tell him that he's too black. I want to see if you really, I know you do some bold stuff, but I really want to see that. You're too black. This is too black. That's too black. Really? I know my people, and I get on my people tough, and I get on my people hard. I say what we ain't doing and what we need to do and all of this other stuff about my people. I come down. But one thing I'm going to tell you about my people is I don't think my people are going to let you take their blackness. I just, I don't see it. However we defy it, however we feel it in our groove, in our vibe. That's why when we talk, you feel me, you understand? That vibe that we have, I don't think 
We're going to allow you. I know we ain't laid down like that. And that needs to be the message that we're getting out there to the people. They're targeting your blackness. They saying you can be too black. They saying the only acceptable Negro is a Tom Negro. Tell the masses. You have to warn the masses that your very existence has come under fire. You ain't even going to be able to call yourself black. They're going to force you to categorize yourself into the categories and the boxes that they give you. Check this box. Check that box. Part of self-determination is what? To be able to defy yourself as well as your destiny. To choose your destiny, to defy yourself. And to choose your destiny. Now you can't, it will soon be legal for you to defy yourself as black and all the beautiful things that come with being black. We have to wake up to these realities. We have to wake up to that, man. So we have to begin to get out there and not just stay in our little groups. Now is not the time for factualization, partisanship. Clickisms, separations in the movement. Now is not the time for that. Now is the time that, and I'm not saying you have to support everything, but a lot of us are on that social media. You see something you like, support it and support it 100%. Because now is not the time. I wish we could support everything that I see on there. There's so much coming through my feed. I wouldn't have money to run our operation. But those things we find, we support, we support in every way that we can support it. Do that, and the movement will eventually bring itself together. It's made of universal materials, baby. It's made with a, it's a special type of glue that we got between one another. It's a, it's a special type of thing, brother, sister. A black thing. You remember the shirt? It's a black thing. That's exactly what it is. It's a black thing that they can't get. So they're worried about. You having a strong identity. Why? Let's be real. I mean, listen, what I'm about to say can be scientifically proven. And if we have any of these scientists, I know we have some of these brilliant people on the line that are these genetic engineers that can break down the origin of everything, where they came from, and all that good stuff. Back me up on this. They can be genetically removed. I don't know about genetically, but ethically. Ethnicity-wise, they can be removed from planet Earth. We can outbreed white people. That's the bottom line. And that's one of the problems they have with the people of color. If a black man or a black woman gets with a Spanish man or a Spanish woman, the baby's black. There it is. The only difference from it's going to be Spanish or black is what social, cultural environment you raise it in. It's going to look the same. If you raise it in the Spanish community, it's going to grow up speaking Spanish, do it this and that, and it's going to adapt to that culture. You can take that same baby, put him in the black community. If he grow up around the black people, he's going to adapt, be speaking what we speak and adapt to that culture. But it is still one and the same. If we mix with the native black, Native American, black, whatever, colored people, but if you mix with the white man or the white woman, their baby will be black. They can they can be outbred. And it is a fear, a deep genetic fear that they have of being 
coming extinct from the planet Earth. It's deep-rooted. It's primal. It's some caveman-type stuff. This is That's how they ensure and guarantee their survival. So it isn't just a hatred of your skin. It is a fear of complete annihilation. They can't let you out breathe. Therefore, we do the abortions. Therefore, we do poor health diets that, you know, our children come out crazy. Therefore, they're doing homosexuality rampant in the black community. Therefore, um, locking our young men and young women up at alarming rates. Anything to slow the reproduction process of black people. And then you're going to start talking about not only can you out-reproduce us, times have been so strenuous, times have been so hard on the black man and woman here in America that black identity is, is once again becoming that beacon of hope. Our people who are being faced, who are facing day to day, they can't run from the blatant racism and discrimination and outright hatred of a people towards you for no other reason than you're African when you can no longer escape that. Your only refuge and salvage is finding solace and comfort in realizing that you're black and sticking together. And it scares them because it's conditions that they've created. With all of this foolishness, it's conditions they create, so it scares them. So now, here we're in the threat of being outbred, outreproduced, and add on top of that a solid black empowering ideology and philosophy and social cultural way of life. Shit, that sounds like Vietnam all over again. And it, and it frightens them. So we have to understand that our very existence now, we should never be frightened. I know I'm I know I'm not even speaking to that crowd of brothers and sisters. I don't even know I let that come out of the word, out of my mouth in the same sentence as you brothers and sisters, freedom fighters. So it isn't about being frightened, but it is about being aware and being prepared. What's the old saying? Stay prepared so you don't have to get prepared, but we say stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Stay prepared so you don't have to get prepared. The writing's on the wall. And we have these wonderful collectives, these wonderful groups of brothers and sisters who are organizing, who are training, and who are doing their thing. And it's beautiful, but it's in pocket. Yeah, I know. We're not going to be able to save them all. I understand that. I'm not even asking anyone to think along those lines, but I am asking us that some of the training, some of the preparation, some of the time spent studying and that we're doing, let us make sure that we let's give back to the masses to make sure we don't fall into an elitist mentality. It's easy to do. It will creep up on you before you know it. We will slip into an elitist mentality. We would have studied and honed our craft so well that that is all the world is comprised of is our particular uh, aspect or our particular expertise in the movement and in the struggle for liberation and freedom for African people in America. We'll think if we don't do it this way, nothing will work. Because we've spent that time honing in on that craft. That has been our focus. 
That has become our world. So it's hard to think outside of that sometimes. That's why we have to be careful. This is why counsel and communalism is excellent. Because we begin to have aspects of all the components, of all that is the things that it's going to take to win back our freedom. Or win our freedom, our independence. It takes every component. We have to fight on every level. We have to be involved with everything that pertains to African people, black people, because they're labeling it. They're labeling it. They said black identity extremely. Listen, they got a whole list. It's a, a whole spectrum. So we have to come together and strengthen one another because if they attack us alone, surely. Everybody knows the old power. We stand together. We're stronger. We stand apart. With I mean, these are one-on-one black unity lessons. Man, I learned these in the liberation schools. Stick together. We're stronger together. Basic, fundamentals, what we teach the babies. Stick together. Stronger together. You all you got. So we have to make sure that the elitism and a lot of times even our, you know, inflated egos. May I be protected from that? I mean, the the inflated egos step in and cause us uh, an inability to work with one another. And it's over nothing. Now times are more peril than ever. We haven't seen times like this since the 60s and the 70s. Everybody talking about what they do in the 60s and 70s, what they would have did. How, and while we're sitting back reading the books about the 60s and 70s and, you know, what we should do, commemorate, but we sometimes we go so far we get nostalgic. You know, we get stuck. And the same things are happening today. Oh, I guess you want them to go back to the 38th with the German Shepherds. No. They got machine guns now, tanks. But it is the same blatant racism that is evolving into fascism where the police think that they can do anything that they want to do. And sadly to say the state is endorsing that, sending out a message that it's okay, and we still are stuck on square one, page one, fighting this same struggle. Fighting the same, with the same methods. Now it's time for us to broaden our horizons. We might have to tiptoe into some new territories, some uncharted waters. We might have to shake a few little different hands. We may have to reevaluate the strategy that we had at one point in time. And then upon reevaluating it, be honest about the reevaluation and say, you know what, either this is outdated, this just simply won't work. Maybe if I know some people here, this and that, and let's take it. Yo. These are the times that we're that we're living in because our very identity is being threatened. 
our very identity is being threatened. I don't know if I'm saying the words enough. I would have, would I have to have a, like a Vincent Price with some spooky voice? I need you to understand how real and what I'm saying, how real this is. You know. So by our very identity being threatened, by the very fact that they have come up with a category that they're calling black and they're ready at this point of time to, at, at the very least, say, put us in a group, list us in a group and watch us, but we know how that will escalate and how it will go, that we will be targeted for no other reason than saying that we're black and we're proud of being black. And should I be targeted? Now the next step, this is where we have to go into the next phase. This is the importance of ingrating ourselves and endearing ourselves to the masses of black people. Especially when we're talking about black identity. This is the dangers, once again, of that isolation that we're doing to ourselves and creating our own kingdoms and queendoms. And if we're realistic, we'll begin to see that we're not being as effective, not saying that you're not effective. I'm saying that maybe we're not being as effective because we're not as efficient as we need be, could be, and should be. And when we become realistic with that, then we can get that ball rolling, baby. So endearing ourselves to the masses of people so that the people, so should they start to begin to target a certain segment of our society, those people that they are to enlighten and motivate our society towards self-determination and self-sufficiency, towards a strong sense of identity, once they begin to target those people, we need our masses of people. We should be in sorts of community that the masses say that that can't happen. Economic boycott. And if you got to go back to doing what Dr. King did and boycott the buses or whatever, or whatever. But we have to say that those, this segment of our society is important to us. We, the masses, we want the masses to feel that, to feel our loss, to feel really the weight of our not being there. But in order for them to feel that, we would have had to affect real change in their day-to-day life. We take the black identity extremists to show them why they're being oppressed, how we're showing you that they have a category. This lets you know that never did they entitle, did they um, mean for you, never did they mean for you to fit in and to blend in to their society. Never. They had a whole category for you. So you wonder why things are falling the way they are, why your life is the way that it is and coming the way that it is. And it doesn't have to stay that way. You can change it. We can change it, but first we have to know what we're fighting. And so this gives a clear cut. This just is the cherry on top of the the, the Sunday. And I hate to describe our misery. It as a dessert, but it's the cherry on top of the, the, the Sunday. 
the physical repression and brutality, the murders, being worried and concerned about your life, not from the neighborhood, but from the very people that are supposed to protect your neighborhood, being concerned for your life or someone you care for, someone you love's life, that reality becoming so blatant to them and real to them. Because now they realize you don't have to be a black panther, a black this, a black that, any of that. you just black. You're a target. And so after wondering, after going through the day, the shell shocked of this, see, you're getting beat, but you don't know why you're getting beat. You want to say, you say, because I'm black, but you don't even know what that means. They beat me because I'm black. They know it instinctively, but they don't know what it means. They don't know what it means. They just know what's happening. So you're confused. Here you're getting pummeled. You're getting beat. You're getting manhandled any kind of way. And you're trying to figure out why. It's because I'm black, but what does that mean? Why does it entitle him or give him the make him feel entitled? To put his damn hands on me like that or to handle me like this. Why, why, why? Well, you should thank him because now they have a report to say this is what they mean. Black identity. So those of us that were aware of our black identity, hey, use it to your benefit to teach. This is this is what they mean. They say we don't believe anything unless the white man tells us and he's telling you. He's telling you. So we use it as an education tool, but in the sense of educating, also in preparation. Because not only has he put you in a category, you and I in a category and classified us, he has waged a war. He has made a declaration. What do you do with anything that's extreme? You put it down. He said, you're an extremist. You're too black. Too strong. How dare you? How dare you, Negroes, discover an identity? How dare you, Negroes, search and reclaim your identity? And once upon reclaiming your identity, begin to speak about the aspirations of the black man and the black woman, to begin to lift yourself about the Mukimah, to begin to recognize your African traditions and your African ways, to begin to give them back the European uh, colonial ways. How dare you? And once we begin to have this strong identity, and what scared them, I'm, I'm willing to guarantee you, let me tell you something. All of us brothers and sisters that love to go back to ancient Africa and where, you know, do, yo, that's what's happening. But what they scared of is what they're calling this new black and these young brothers and sisters who are tired of the repression, who have been hearing you, but have put a twist and a tilt in their message, and they're coming up with their baseball caps broke, sometimes even their pants sagging. And they know one thing, I'm black. Same reason, they're the ones that gave him the definition. Why are you killing me? Because I'm black. That's what he know. That's what she know. Those are who they're looking at. Our youth, they're concerned 
about our raggedy old selves. They're concerned about our studying, about the power of educating and forming next generations to come up on us. They're concerned about that, but they're worried about those young people that will begin to enact it and come up with a plan and begin to work that plan and work that plan through because they're facing it. We can't forget what the struggle is about and what this means for the masses of people. The whole black community, when you say black identity, a lot of us had become, like I said there again, so preoccupied with what that meant, what that means for me, how it come for me. I went through it. I think it's only natural that you begin to go through it. And then as you think on it, it begins, a thought begins to evolve, and it begins to, if you ground in yourself and what your mission is, the thought begins to evolve and to you begin to question it from the position of what your mission is, which is the masses of African people here in America and oppressed people internationally. You begin to frame it. So what does that mean for the everyday brother and sister? that adheres to their blackness or the very fact that they are black because you, you have a black identity uh, 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 extremist and that's what he is, what they're defining ourselves, what we're defining ourselves. That's our concern. So we have to get back out here and begin to talk to the masses again. Begin to have that frequent that spot. Adopt your homie or homegirl. Yo, that's a mission. Everybody go adopt a homie. Get you one. Check on them. Check on them babies. Check on them babies. For the brothers, grab you one of the homies. Make him check on his babies. Sure. So we begin so we can still have that relatability because a war has been declared against you and I. And we've been saying it all, we're at war, we're at war, but if no time does the truth of that resonate more than any time, then allow it to be now. Allow it to be now. Because now is the time. I don't know if... Nephew, did you have your, did you push one? No, I didn't press one. I, I'm, I didn't press one, but, uh, you know, I'm still with you. Okay, okay. We're just checking on you. I'm, 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 I'm. Okay. So, the masses is what we should be concerned about when we see us being uh, targeted. I mean, indiscriminately, when we're being targeted, to now where they're actually calling out names. Let's go to our phone lines. 859-1092, your mic is open. Black Power. Black Power. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I just, um, my show, Chairman, I wasn't for sure what you the topic was, but I see where you're going with it. It it really is very important for people to pay attention when you're going with the show, and I'm glad you're doing it because 
they, they do actually have an unclassified. I mean, there's ways to get it. You know, there's really ways to get his stuff out there. I mean, even number 45 is trying to block where you can't get certain things that's unclassified, but there's still ways to get it, so you go get it. I just got a little bit more skills on trying to find them because I did graduate law school in 1999. But they do have an unclassified law sentence, and it says that the FBI access is very likely black identity extremists Perceptions of police brutality against African Americans surged, and an increase in after the the August the ninth, two thousand and four shooting of Michael Brown. So they're putting out there like, and then with the Moorish thing, the sovereign citizen ideology, and then like the ideology of the black identity extremists. So they're going with that, and they're actually using these words. This, the FBI has high confidence in this assessment based on a history of violent incidents attributed to individuals who acted on behalf of their ideology, beliefs, documented in FBI investigations and other law enforcement and open source reporting. The FBI makes this judgment with the key assumptions the recent incidents are ideological motivated. So they have put us, of course, they put me there a long time ago. I found it out when I tried to borrow money because of who my father is. But they put us all there now. It is an actual war that has been declared. They got a whole list of why they think that we, but this is just excuses to do what they want to do and what they're going to do. So I I believe the, the, what you say, neocolonialism? Did you mention Uh that tonight? No, I didn't mention it, but you're right. It's it. This is it. I mean, either, you know, we're wasting time with petty stuff. You know, we're wasting time with, with going at each other. These people are getting ready to kill us because we're, we're yeah. black and we're proud. Because we are black and we're proud. So for you to go, I had one of my soldiers get fired because he went in with red, black, and green on. Wow. These people have targeted us. So the game, it ain't no time for no games. It ain't no time for no games. I mean, yeah. it's, I, I look at, I, it bothers me to see some of this stuff that people put on Facebook and some of the stuff that people come up with and some of the stuff that people start talking about about people they don't know, you know, just to have mm-hmm. something to talk about. But yet they're not thinking about their family. They're not thinking about them young children that they have that, that moves around in these streets and these people have targeted them because of a particular incident. It was some incidents, 170, do the research, 173 this year. They don't mm-hmm. kill. But everybody don't yep. know that. They think it's done slowed down. They think they don't stop not all people, most people are staying on top of it, but a lot of people are still unaware because they're not putting it on TV like they was. Yep. 173 still got killed this year. So they still mm-hmm. killing us. Yet yep. at the same time, they you you gotta look at like uh uh um Charlottesville. You got white men be- beating black men in the streets out there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got this man shooting out a hotel window, but not once did they call them terrorists. Not one right. time did they call them terrorists. But we are. Right. They took the they took the clan when that that rich kid got up in the White House. They took the clan off the list of terrorists. Mm. But they left the Black Panthers on there. The Black Panthers ain't never been terrorists. That's a yeah. defense mechanism. 
I mean, come on, you you saying we have the right to defend. That's a part of the law. So that doesn't mm-hmm. show that we have never been free. It's just what they decide. So now they won't get one up there to warn the place. You got a population yeah. control going to take place. You got more brown skin really coming in with us, though. But you got some white folks trying to back us up, though. So now that's a real problem. Mm-hmm. That's the real problem. Mm-hmm. So it's like there ain't no time for talking. I, you know, I try not to do too much talking and just listen on people's radio shows. But this one really is it's real. It's real whether you want to believe it or not. But don't wake up dead before you believe it. Yeah. 173. 173. Do your research, baby. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. Okay. I tell people all the time, I give information to people, and you know, people's like, oh, I ain't seen that. Don't take my word for it. Look it up yourself. Look it up. This is real. This ain't no game. This man has an agenda. My thing, I was done when he said, the calm before the storm. And the media asked him, what was that? He said, you'll see. So everybody thinks it's just these things going on with North Korea and all that stuff. No, baby. He done gave, he put millions into these police officers, to these police departments. We have seen these dang on military police cars. Yeah. So are you prepared for that? That's why I advertise. I don't have time for serious stuff. I don't have time to play games with no grown people. And neither do other grown people. It's time to stop playing. We are a tribe of people. We have to go back to what we know. We straight guerrilla warfare. When you stand your ground, you build your circle, you build it strong, so when they come, we're ready. And we'll do our best to survive. So we're going to take some, there's going to be some casualties. There's going to be. Mm-hmm. But stop letting our people go out there by themselves. Calm some of them down and prepare because they, they're going to come. They're doing yeah. their thing. They are doing yeah. their thing and they're doing it on the low low. And we can't be around each other all the time. But it's enough of us close in the areas where you live at. Yeah. You sit over here yeah. mad at a neighbor, don't want to talk to her because she like him, don't want to talk to him because she like her. Ain't nobody got time for that shit. These people are killing yeah. us. Literally killing us. I can't be no more passionate about telling that guy. I love my people. I love all mm. of them. Even the simple minded. I do. I love them too because I think they deserve to live too. It's it's not it's not right for these people to come out of nowhere and decide they're God. That's why I don't follow no religion because it came from them evil people. Think about why our ancestors that had came that has came down through history of calling them devils. Think about yep. why they have been saying that. We didn't just start calling them devils. My mama's generation didn't just start calling them devils. My grandmama's generation didn't just start calling them devils. They came down a long way. They were calling them devils. We know what a devil is. Mm-hmm. We, we done had, um, at that time, they was de- dealing with a monster. We're we de- we dealing with a serious beast right now. This is because yep. it's open. It's like the thing, what makes me, I said it on my show one time. What amazes me is that it's like these people have taken off their sheets and we put them on. Mm-hmm. Man, we hiding. Hiding for yep. what? Hiding for what? Because yep. they see, they know everything we do. I done been put in Facebook jail. You know, random stuff. Yeah. I done had them come to my house. They are bold. I got yep. to see if you're scared or not. 
Yeah. They don't care. They got the backing of laws right now. This man is changing laws. He's doing what he wants to do. If you want to do some marches, march down on that White House. Get that man yeah. out of there. Y'all know he's breaking laws. Y'all know it. If you don't know every law, you know what he's doing ain't right. Yep. Plus, his own people up there going back and forth arguing with him. They talking about in December, it's possible there's going to be a, a shutdown, a government shutdown. Now, what do you think is going to happen in between now and December? Yeah. Yeah. Of a lunatic running a country. That's right. That's right. Exactly. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to be all hyped and I, you know, my bad. <laughs> but it's just, it's nah, just some real stuff. And I want all my people to survive. I really do. That's why I put, you know, survival information up, get you some bug out bags. Go ahead and practice moving around in places. Go ahead and get dirty. You know what I'm saying? Get out there and get dirty. Because you might not be able to be under that roof. You might have to move them out. You got them babies. Y'all need to find out a way to get them babies safe. Y'all need to get with a group that's going to take in them kids. If you a battler, you get ready for the battle. If you're more of a defense mechanism, you put them around them women and them children. While you out there doing your damn thing. But everybody has to come together. Because they're coming whether we like it or not. This is not something we started. So either you battle it or you're not. If you're scared, stay in there with the women. You know what I'm saying? Because some of the women are going to be on front line. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, okay. I mean, keep it 100. This is some real stuff going on. I mean, so all I can say is I love my people. I thank you for opening my mic and giving me a chance to say something on your show. I love my people. I love all my people. I think we all deserve to survive. But the best, only way we can do that is together. All power right. to the people. All power to the people, man. Appreciate it, Queen. No doubt. You know, you open your mic anytime. I sure appreciate that. And they'll tell the people, man, put a plug out for you. Check out our show Sundays at 7. You know, be def- um, definitely enlightened. Let me go to those. Keep the phone lines and keep keep rolling. I see. I appreciate everybody for holding. 469-5269. Your mic is open. Yeah, brother. <clears throat> this is Brother Full out of Dallas, Texas. What's wrong, brother? Uh, bro, I, 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 to be honest with you, I had some things that I was going to point out, but you and the queen are, are, are putting it down right now, and I hope people are really listening to what y'all are saying. And the, the only point that I want to make to what both of y'all were saying is, is the, people need to, black people need to look out for shiny trinkets. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They are putting things out. They are they are trying their best to one change the narrative of everything that we do, and number two, they are putting out little bait for us to look at over to the left while they doing things on the right. Mm-hmm. And we need mm-hmm. to be careful about supporting bullshit while behind the scenes. Instead of creating real shit, yeah, and I say That's that about you know because because you know even if we look at, at shit like building the wall and 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 shit they doing for immigrants and and black people need to realize they they think we immigrants. Mm-hmm. So every law that they make to go against so-called immigrants or the the Mexicans. That law, you you cannot make a law that is specific towards one group. So yeah. if you make a law 
that law is concerning Mexicans, black people, Irish people, Africans. If you try to keep Mexicans out, then that same law is going to effectively keep out black people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, don't move just because they put the label of Mexican on it. But I'm, but but I don't want y'all to get tied down in the fact that I'm talking about just this one law, Mexicans. I'm not. I'm using this only as an example because right, it's right, right. things out there that they're doing, and that's the shiny trinket. And and, yeah. and, and, and we get bug eyed looking at the things that they're doing to other people, not understanding that that shit rolls downhill. Yeah. You know, and, and I like. I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother. Uh, go ahead, brother. No, I was saying, and I like exactly what you say with the, about the shiny trinkets. It's almost like the queen was saying, and one of the things like she was saying, 173, 173, man, that is a lot of people, 173 people um, murdered by the state. And one of the things is, though, this is one of the, the things that keeps us, makes it difficult for us to prepare for future offenses or defenses. Because they keep us at a protest. They keep us at a vigil. They keep us so, but man, we are suffering from traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. We keep burying our young people. As a people, you know, whether we know it or not, we are tied together by energies. That black, that melanin in our skin, that blackness ties us together by energy. So that trauma that hits that black mother and that black father, that hits that family specifically, and it affects them specifically, know that we feel the reverberations. We feel the sin, the vibe of that spreading through the black community. We feel Mike Brown. We feel Eric Garner. We feel Castillo. We feel Sandra Bland. We feel the countless nameless ones that I could go 173, and that's just this year, though, so I didn't even name any of those. Right. You know, so we and, – and when we feel that, it makes it hard – to plan, and that's what you're talking about. I like about to me when you're saying the shiny trinkets. Yeah, we should mourn, and we should, you know, be angry about that specific issue. But we can't allow our anger just to be contained to that specific issue because once that dies out, we'll be in another city protesting the murder. Then another, and another. What are we talking about collectively? And I'm speaking directly to us progressive black organizations, revolutionary organizations, freedom-fighting organizations. What are we talking about that we're going to do collectively to, you know, come up with at the very least, even if we haven't, even if we don't implement the action right away, at the very least, come up with a collective strategy to tackle this issue. And, and brother, I, I've been asking mm-hmm. people this, and, I, and I've said this before, especially in the last several months. When are we gonna start, and, or, or maybe even go back to, but, but when are we gonna start meeting up in back rooms again, or if ever, and and, 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 and and having a briefcase full of our own money, or having collective minds and coming out with a plan, something that something that actually. Is going to be effective. Right on. I, you know what? I, I think I have some of the answer for you. We will begin to start meeting in the back rooms again once they uh, shut down social media. <laughs> soon as they <laughs> shut down Facebook, soon as they shut down Facebook, it's going to force us to begin to have to meet with one another, brother. Let me get to this other caller because they've been holding 
come back in. If you want to speak again, man, just take off the mic and then press one again so I can see you pop back up, man. I definitely I appreciate the uh, contribution and the insight, all, black man. All power, brother. All powers. Let's go to our phone lines, and I appreciate you holding area code 404-7765. Your mic's open. What's good, brother Yanga? This is Sister Kimberly. What's going on, Sister Kim? I'm good. Your last two callers, I totally agree with everything they're saying. A couple of things that maybe I feel that should be some solutions. One, fear needs to be put aside. And I've been saying mm-hmm. that for a while. We need to start telling the truth. A lot of the people that we follow, like they said, are phony leaders that are placed in positions in order to infiltrate and continue to tear down the black movement. Secondary, somebody needs to start collecting resources. We're about to go to war. We don't have water. Nobody has no land. Nobody's sectioning their people off. We haven't taken count of all the homeless people in our area. There's a number of things that we can be doing to maneuver our people out of the uh, way of this war that's about to happen so the real true soldiers can step up and do what we need to do. Security is important. I see all the organizations doing a lot of stuff, but in order to, you don't have to wait on social media or any of that to shut down in order to meet in back rooms because that's what we have started doing, going underground. You need to be getting the soldiers that's really about making change. It's not afraid that go against the governmental system, the judicial system, or any other parts of this system that's um, actually destroying us and start training. And I think that's what we need to do. I understand that a lot of these things we're doing, like blog talk and all of that, but all of it is socializing and they're recording everything that we're doing. So if we go have them recording something, the least we could be doing is coming up with security methods. One, we need to free all our niggas in prison. The prison industrial system got all the real niggas locked up. And some of the sisters, too, and even our strong children, they understand that mind manipulation is happening to them in their educational system. So it's a lot of things that we can be doing to make change. I just think people need to step up. We also need to get completely away from their currency. I totally agree with the brother. We can come up with our own money. We've done it before, Panther Bucks. But then you got to get people that want to get enough resources to back those bucks. We got to start taking in copper, gold, aluminum, and all of that because they paper money has been extinct a long time. They're just waiting to snatch it up and give you a chip. So either you're going to take the chip or you're going to take the initiative to do what you need to do and start taking some of the things that we need. Start putting forth some effort about bringing in security. And I think that we are open the eyes of a lot of people. These crackers, they scatter us. That's why I don't focus on them. I understand y'all be talking about white supremacy. But if they were the ones that were going to destroy us, they wouldn't use Sambo-ass Negroes to come out here and play these roles in these positions. They know crackers can't get in our neighborhood, but I think the biggest fear we have had since the 60s is going against Sambo niggers. We can't love our niggers. We got to love our niggers. That's never ignorant getting goals accomplished. And we got to stop all this intellectual rhetoric. We got street people out here that's really ready to go to war. And we got to understand that even with Huey them, they had street people ready to go to war. So if you think that in the colleges, in the churches, and all of that stuff, you're going to find people that is revolutionary and ready to make change, then we got a problem. And that's all I'm trying to say because they've been bought and sold a long time ago with 501c3 and a number of other things, and they just some tall-ass Negroes too, soft, tender Negroes that don't give a damn about the niggas out here in the field. 
So with all due respect, I think we need to figure out what areas all our black people are suffering in, get us enough people that's in security areas, and mob on their ass. When they come to us, they bring millions to the city. Well, why are we not doing the same thing? So it's ways to do this, and the best way to do it is what free all the niggas that they know they got locked up in the prison industrial system with all these injustices and everything, and we don't have people to go to war with us. That's what Huey was doing. So if we truly revolutionaries and truly Panthers, then we need to study history and bring all of that about. We can't erase history. We can't block it out. We can't forget it because all of that plays a role in what's happening to us right now. And I appreciate you letting me speak power to the people. Power to the people. One thing I will say, though, and and, and, and I got to say this, that uh, I give props to you on that as far as being, I think, a little bit ahead of the time on with the black identity and the importance of the truth of these so-called Negroes. See, I didn't see this day coming. I'm going to be honest. I didn't see a day where they would begin to separate which I should have, because like you said, studying history. They did it with the house nigga and the field nigga. I didn't see a day. There was no way I could conceive of a day that would be able to create the house nigga and the field nigga again. I'm like, okay, we free. How are you going to create the house nigga and the field nigga again in this day and time? And we see it happening with the so-called black identity, extremist little stuff. Those are the ones that they're calling the field nigga. So I can see now the importance of what she was saying back then where I used to be like, nah, don't expose that. It's just destroying another black man. Don't now, nah, Dr. King was just nah. Just leave him alone. Black people love him. You know, while I was so loving of the whole black race for the sake of blackness, that I forgot that black was an ideology. See, that's what he remembers. That's why he said black identity. We all black. We all niggas to him. But he ain't talking about black in the sense of a skin color. He's talking about black in the sense of an ideology and a philosophy and a way of life and a belief, like Queen has said. So I agree with you, Sister Nutty, and I take and the argument I have to say that you are proving yourself to be right in that long one argument between you and I, and that endorsing me endorsing certain Negroes, because now I see that that was just a process to start the prototype of a new house nigga. And if we don't expose these house niggas, if we let them slide for the sake of saying all that they black, they this and that, man, we're doing the black masses, black people, African here in America, a great injustice. Now I see why the importance of holding certain Negroes up to heroic stature in our schools and monuments and in our culture because they want that to be the standard nigger. They want our young people to aspire to that. Then we wonder why they're bouncing off the walls and back and forth because we're taking young warriors, young kings and young queens, young gods and young goddesses, and trying to get them to conform to a nigga. By parading these people, and then when they don't conform, when their very nature won't allow them to submit to such mockery, and such bull stuff. We begin to, we've learned from our master, so we say, well, beat your ass. I'm going to whip you. If they don't start to conform and comply, not asking why is the rebellious nature in school, why the unwillingness to learn, it's not the inability. 
We know that you're genius. There's nothing you can't accomplish and can't do. Mentally, physically, spiritually, none of that. None of that. So why the unwillingness to comply and to conform? We must begin to address that. And the only way to address that is to know what you're addressing, and that's called an identity. So what they've been holding in front of us is counter-identity. So I have to give you your props on that because, really, the time for the truth, it has been the time. I had to change my position on that because I was like, oh, I'll let them ride. They're all black people. But I really have to change my position on that. It has been time. But now more than ever, now more than ever is the time to expose those that would come and destroy and to divide and misdirect and misguide the black community in the skies of a friend or a leader, a consultant, a confidant, someone that has our best interests at heart. That's treason. You're treason against the nation. You're treasonous. That's what they call it. Let's go to our phone lines again. I appreciate you holding. Area code 412-0059. Your mic is open. Yeah, power to the people. Free the lamb. My name is Brother Khalid Rahim. Uh, I represent the New African Independence Party. How you doing? Yes, sir. I'm I'm well, brother. Good. Yeah, I was listening to a few comments that were being made, and I just wanted to uh, take a few moments to respond to a couple of things. I appreciate the spirit of the sister who spoke before me. Um, I think it's important that um, ideas and thoughts about strategy are not necessarily discussed on blog, radio, doing the talk show, but I definitely support the idea that perhaps the different formations, um, panther-type formations, those who adhere to some degree or another to the philosophy and ideology of the Black Panther Party, as well as other revolutionary formations, I do think it's important that um, sometime in the very near future that leadership and representatives sit down and really have some serious, constructive conversation about strategic planning. And I think part of that discussion should include not just what we're fighting against, but most importantly, what we're fighting for. Um, In terms of the black identity extremist controversy, it's just a new set of words basically with the same old song and the same old message. I really wouldn't get all that riled up about it. Uh, Some people have even questioned whether or not the report itself was authentic. I'm one who thinks it probably has some degree of authenticity. But whether it does or not, it's instructive. There's some lessons that we can learn from it, from the wording. I heard you mention some things, and I think your comments have been very instructive on its own. But I don't think we need to get all riled up about it. We shouldn't overreact to it. Uh, Terminology like that has been used in describing different formations that were fighting for black freedom. However, that generation defined black freedom. Those type of terminologies have been used for generations upon generations. So I really wouldn't get all that worked up about it. But I do think it's important, especially now with today's political climate, both Mm -hmm. nationally and internationally, that those of us who consider ourselves as uh, 
freedom fighters and organizations and formations that are really trying to push forth this whole notion of black freedom and black liberation and self-determination. I do think it's very important that in the very near future, we really seriously sit down and start to have some serious conversation and discussion. And I don't think the details of any possible strategic moves need to be laid out or detailed or discussed on a talk radio show. But I do think that uh, we, we need to have some discussion about making some time between and amongst all of us so we can really sit down and have a conversation. So that's what I wanted to contribute to the discussion this evening. Well, we, I definitely appreciate it. And, and, and I, agree with, I agree with what you say, man. It, those type of certain discussions definitely won't be had on a, um, you know, a talk radio program. Definitely not. And that we should come together. And we all need to sit and we need to talk. We definitely need to do that. One of the things, though, I don't think that it's really about overreaction. I hope it's a push to action. You know, it's. I think that you know, for a lot of a lot of times, we can become the so-called progressive organizations and progressive movements can become stagnant. We can forget what it's all about. We can be so, you know, you know, just caught up in the service of it to the people that we forget the long-term objectives, goals, aims, and mission of what we're, you know, what that freedom entails. And so what black entails, you know, so for somebody to say that this is what, you know, and like you said, it's the same old, it's a new title to the same old song. So like the first was saying, that's what we have to learn from. We see what happened to those groups. While we had gotten in such a comfortable state, you know, we become so complacent that we really forgot that the war was on. We say that, but, I mean, how many of us really were prepared for that? Getting legal defense funds, not just for membership, but for the community, for this onslaught that is happening to the community. And that one of the reasons that all of this is happening to the community, one of the reasons, you know, is because of the attack against progressive black organizations and and it and it, it, it hinders, I'm not gonna say it stops, but it hinders them from performing um some of the most vital functions in the community. Like when we look at the third development Black Panther Party, one of their prolific one of the most prolific programs they had was policing the police. See what I'm saying? That curtail, that cut all of that bull stuff down. What the pigs thought, what the police thought they was gonna do. They even, you know, turned the new had a new, you know, start calling them pigs. It was a whole new culture. Not only did they police the police, they created and fostered and helped to understand not just uh, uh, anti-police culture, but a strong black pride, self-determination, you're not going to beat on me culture. It ain't got nothing to do with you being a police. It's about a man respecting a man and going so far. You would quote the law for him. So even going so far outside your law, so I'm going to beat your ass violating your law. You know, if it if it if it comes to that. But this is so it's saying that we have to say those of us in progressive organizations are saying that listen, we are still under attack, it has intensified, it is not time for us to be lackadaisical in our working with the masses of the people. In our trying to bring about a healthy, proper sense of self awareness. You know, I agree with you, it's They've been doing it, but now I'm saying to the people that is now in this day and time and with the current administration 
that's backing, endorsing such behavior, that now more than ever it is blatant in the people's face. Society is basically doing the political education for us. So what do we have? We have to have something to answer that need and that cry of the people that are confused. That we're being brutalized, and a lot of brothers and sisters, and a lot of this is happening. Not just a lot, all of us. Like I said, I believe in that communalism. So all of us are connected. So this trauma that's happening to us is happening on that 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 grandiose scale, man. It's happening on such a major level, and we're being affected by it. That you know. We have to start really looking and coming together and telling the people that this is where the salvation is going to lie because they're feeling it, and they don't know where to go. And we see that frustration being taken out, you know, in the streets, in the protests, in the uprisings. But that has to also be channeled into long-term vision. How do we channel that into the advancement of all that begins to advance all of us as a people, not just some reaction? We can't, you know, not just reactionary. But now it's time to be proactive. And I think that that's one of the questions. And now we know why the blatant attack. Now we know why they're coming down. And now we know where that we have, thinking we're studying Pro, not understanding that Pro still exists. We say that Pro still exists. But not, you know, now really here it is. Here's the affirmation that it exists in this day and time. And it has stepped up its mode operandi, its way that it operates to target specifically in certain individuals in this day and time. So we want to know, is there a new list to it? You know what I'm saying? What are you constituting black? I don't. I just don't even like the terminology. I just want to see, you know, what, what, what are you saying? You know, what are you saying? And so this is the question that we're asking. Because like you said, it's not about being overreacting. It's about us as organizations beginning to react. Not even react, man. Just put forth. I don't want to say react. I don't like. It's not one of my favorite words. But to be action oriented, to begin to be productive, to begin to prepare. You know, and that's for on all levels of the community, from like the sisters were saying, the street soldiers to the academia. All levels of the community. There's no. If your consciousness and aware of your blackness and that you're being persecuted for no other reason than that you're black and you want to contribute to the development of black people, not on no particular, I'm not calling to a religion. I'm not even calling you to my particular brand of black empowerment. I'm saying, like you said, let's sit together, let's come together, let's come with a our definition, I count up of, of what black is. I mean, you know, we have to begin to take some type of steps to time for our separation. And I love the fact, like the brothers coming on from the Republic of New Africa, proud, proud sworn citizen myself. I listen, proud of it because that gave me, like you said, see, to me personally, that's one. That's my long term vision. I don't share it on this program because it's not the program, but that's my long term vision to see that come to fruition. So I have to participate even a little more. Um, energetically, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying a little more, being a little more enthused about participating and seeing that come to fruition. But having the people seeing where they can live a prosperous life because they don't understand they're being targeted because they're black. So if you, if they have a black identity thing, you might as well rise to the occasion. 
You may you you know why you're being targeted, know what type of people you are, and rise to the occasion because it's inevitable. It's going to happen anyway. That's what we're telling you. It's happening. And so those of us that are in the know step up our obligation, responsibilities, my mouth being closer to my ears. That's how real, you know, this thing is, especially for this generation, this wave of freedom fighters. All of us are new to the, you know, I don't care, you know, listen, my father was one of the ones that was out there. But this is whole new real for me. I love, I thank my Baba, my IB for the wisdom, my dad for the wisdom imparted upon me, and just the real-life lessons of getting to see and hear things with my own ears that I was, you know, a part to be privy to, the people that came through my life as a youth that now, you know, you read about in books. It's it's awesome sometimes. It's like, wow. So I'm glad to be privy at, but now the tests are very real for me. It's out of the textbook. So this is out of the textbook, though it's textbook methods they're using. It's out of the textbook. It's being implemented. Now it's time to see where the studies of our particular parties came in, how well fortified we are, and how dedicated to our mission we are. And this is just all what they're saying is a declaration. It's you. We're coming after you. Not now. Even if they're not saying now, we're saying that you're watched, but we already knew that was coming. But now... I think that this is what's going to get the cream from the crop. Just the very mention that alone, a lot of people probably started deleting, probably went. A lot of them, I know a lot of you sisters went perm, y'all here. A lot of brothers were shaving locks. <laughs> it was getting cracking for them. No, they were going through it. And that's just the beginning of it. That's just in some speech. When the real repression comes, when they come visiting you, like they did the queen, knocking at your door, this and that. Then that's even going to trim the fat a little more. And then eventually we'll get to the lean. And that lean, if trained properly and correctly, with the proper ideology, if you drop them off of any city, it's the seed, it'll spread. It's the attitude, it's the vibration, it's the ideology, it's the philosophy, it's the way they rock. They begin to defy black in a different manner. See, they've, we've allowed them to defy black once again. In order for them to have something that said this is a black identity extremist, they must have a definition of what they think constitutes black or black is constituted of. They must have that definition already because they, they got a category for us. So like I was talking about that controlling our own image a little earlier in the media and things of that nature, then this is what this allows us to do at that time. Not allows us to do what we must do. We must begin to defy what that black is and not leave it in the hands of anyone. And not leave it in the hands of anyone. Our three Ds and the parties, like you said, defy, develop, and defend. We have to defy that. And we have to not just defy it, but we have to be so effective in the communities, like the sister was saying, amongst the street people, on the college campuses, everywhere you find us, we must be so effective in our mission that it becomes contagious. We must be effective so it can become infectious. They got to catch it. And then from catching it, it must be held to in such a manner that – we 
will ourselves enforce ourselves and hold ourselves to that discipline. There has to be a discipline to it. It has to have a discipline to it. I am the firm believer that the man who knows better does better. Certain words trigger feelings of when we say discipline, when we say order, we say this, because of our relationship with the system, with the state, we have a certain disdain for words. Certain things just rub us the wrong way. You say that, I just, I'm, I'm not feeling that. And discipline being one of those words, the way that it has been instilled in our genetic memory of what discipline was. But we have to have a discipline, deriving from the word disciple, a follower of, a student of a certain way that we have to have such a way that we have discipline to to self-enforce it and to ensure that it's enforced upon the community. We have to begin not only to teach the word, but enact the word. It has to be some accountability that encourages the responsibility and obligations to the African community here in America. But in order to do all of that, the burden lies on us also in that because it doesn't just become interaction with the masses of the people, but the work must begin to manifest something that the masses desire. They already desire, we already, the masses, we, I'm part of the masses. We desire our freedom, our liberation, our right to to determine our own destiny without the intentional and willful hindrance and obstruction of enemies, outside forces, influences, foreigners, whatever. My long term is the states, is, 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 is the Republic of New Africa. But right now, it's about making the people aware that your life is directly being hindered. You're intentionally being obstructed, stopped, blocked, obstacles put in the way, pushed, shoved, whatever it is to take you off your course and evolve and giving you the natural right to evolve as any people. Evolve and prosper as any people. So we're saying that we this is intentionally happened to us, no other reason than we're black. So we're not saying this to the people who are doing it to us. Who cares? You keep crying to the bully, you bullying me. You bullying me, you bully who cares? But you cry to the you tell the other people, not cry, you rather the other people that have been bullied by this bully. Even if that's on a world scale. And you're like, listen, my human rights are being violated. And in the meantime and in between time and pushing and exposing the violation of your very human rights, your very right to exist unencumbered based on race, based on ethnicity, that just very inalienable right to breathe earth, to breathe air, walk to earth unmolested. You're saying that that basic human right is being violated. You also prepare your, prepare your community to hold their independence, maintain their independence, build for that day that is never will come, that when you have your own, that you have trained and prepared to be able to sustain and hold your own. It's this type of thinking that we have to, but first our people have to see what own is, and now the time, the climate is so right that they're seeing what our own means because I thought that this was an all-inclusive country. I thought that every people were enjoyed and celebrated here, and we all just sung Kumbaya. 
made s'mores on the fire. It's one big camp party, buddy. It's great. Love it. And now you're finding out your black ass is not accepted. Like she was pointing out, the brother was beat in Charlottesville. And I don't know why they issued a warrant for him. I just be, I had to go past it. I didn't even want to read the foolishness. Why they locked him up and arrested him for something. I don't even know what it is. I couldn't read. I couldn't stand it. It becomes, it becomes Jerry Springerish. It's real Jerry Springer, how they just making a mockery of us, just dragging us through the judicial system, man, just with no, they beat him, and if, I don't care what he did outside, if he ain't did nothing, man, they ain't did nothing, because he was walking the streets, he ain't did nothing, y'all had to lock that man, he didn't got his ass beat by them white supremacists. Nothing. Man, if it's a ticket, man, throw that ticket out, man. Let that brother go. Stop it. But it's this type of foolishness because there's no reprise, there's no economic reprisals, there's no labor strike, something. There's no anything. Sheep. So we're hoping with this that this so-called black identity extremist, I'm hoping that it motivates. If it put a little extra charge in their booty, hey, the more pop, yes. I'm a listen, yes. Do what you have to do. If this was your cup of coffee, if this was your smelling sauce, if this thing got you out of your chair and made you move your booty and move your feet, shake your booty and move your feet to action, then I'm with it. Because the time is now. The time is now. 173. I can't, um, 173 people this year. I mean, if that isn't a travesty. And, I mean, it's 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 overwhelming. But this is the trauma, this is the shock that I'm telling you that reverberates through our community. And like the sister said, a lot of us don't even know it. And now that we do know it, a lot of us still aren't just quite moved by it. I think we, I think we shell shocked. I think we, what do they call it? In shock. That so much has happened that we are in complete shock. But now it's time to snap out of the shock. The shock and all. It's time to stop out and be progressive. The time to get from behind the eight ball, get from in front of the eight ball, running from the eight ball. It's time for us to seriously look at taking our own really being self-determinist, really studying and looking what that means, African communalism, really begin to push that as a part of the agenda, as a part of the programs, in the programs. And the thing I love about it, here's what I love about self-determination, African communalism. It's, it's, it's not a meat. It's just a little sauce. Sprinkle it on the meat you got. Whatever you're doing, you can inject that message into whatever you're doing. Healthy eating, physical fitness, political studies, history, religion. You can inject that straw, that sense of self-determination in African communalism in those teachings. It is an agenda that needs to be pushed. 
We need the unity. They're sensing it on the streets. The brothers and sisters, the so-called street gangs, what we call street tribes are coming together. They're recognizing in war zones, in urban war zones, in the hoods that have been fighting for years are recognizing that it had. that's how intense the pressure is against us. So it's up to us to look at that and take advantage. The so-called revolutionary or the freedom fighter must have traits of a sociologist in him or her. They must be able to weigh the social condition and look at the timings and know some good teachers. And it's trial and error. I'm not saying I have it down, Pat. But if it isn't, no time has been more blatant than now to practice a self-determination ideology and philosophy. Because if they don't see now that they're not accepted, if we can't teach that now, then any other time we'll never be able to teach it. When they calling you, nigga, beating you up, Douglasville, Georgia, they rolled past an eight-year-old birthday party, shotguns and Dixie flags. When they disrespecting your children at Chuck E. Cheese, can't take your kid to Chuck E. Cheese. Damn. I didn't have it when you have listened. I can't go to Chucky. I didn't have it. So when it's become that blatant, no other time than now do we push self-determination and do it for self and a strong, proper, healthy dose of black identity. But we need to get behind it. We need to defy what black is and set the example and the standard of what that black is. And it's going to begin with, and it's not going to be an overnight process. We're not saying that it's going to be the law, but begin to at least get some parameters, some structure to this state. And begin to, in ourselves, first starting in ourselves, begin to try to enact the revolutionary type or the freedom fighter type or this new type of blackness that is counter everything that they're saying. Not unless, I'm not saying they're less, not unless because I don't know what they said. They might say some real black. But I'm talking about what society says with the dehumanization, the humiliation, the subjugation, the misogyny, all those big-ass words that means making a fool of and exploiting our damn women. That's all that means. Getting rid of those things that make us look like fools and criminals and the sexualization and exploitation of black women, period, of black motherhood, period. Because now it's getting ridiculous. I mean, it is getting, it has gotten ridiculous, but it's getting ridiculous. And to the degree that our young men and women are going and so-called expressing themselves or whatever, it's just, I, Listen, I you know, I don't even know how would the file fit in any culture because it's fads, it's trends. So we've allowed our morals and our ethics to erode to such a degree that we will even let people, if we had that, I ain't saying we ain't never had that in our community, but I'm saying we kept that in our community. We ain't let somebody else get paid off of it. Sony, Warner Brothers, they getting paid off of Cats out here, they're basing and humiliating themselves, demasculating themselves, 
defeminizing themselves. We're allowing other people to get. We used to, yeah, all kind of stuff went down in the black community, but it was contained in the black community. See, they want to attack you with a proper, with a healthy dose of black identity and replace it with that. They're in a wedding dress and an assault rifle barrel in his mouth. They want to take that healthy image and replace it with that black identity. So they come at you and I or got a list for you and I or whatever they, you know, that entails and bombard the media and the airwaves with images of us being subjugated, being docile, weak, effeminated, broke back. Women holding it down, beat you up, don't need a man, fuck a nigga. All that just destroy the whole fabric of our society, any social order, and when you come again, that's old-fashioned, that's this, don't come to me with that, don't come to any social order. Not only is it out of line, it's not about taking your freedom, it's about ancestry and heredity and things of that nature. It's on a whole nother level that sometimes we don't quite understand. Like our parents tell you, you don't know right now, but you do what I said do. And now that we're older, look, a lot of us find ourselves sounding like our parents, saying some of the things that were said to us because we're in a different understanding. So if we allow our children and we defend that mess, oh, you don't know how this and that, wait till you get to my age and see what your children and grandchildren are going to do. You ain't always going to wear that wedding dress and have tattoos in your face and your eyeball. What the hell you think your grandchildren are going to do? But that's a whole nother show. Listen, my time is running down like always. Thank you for spending your Tuesday with us. With me, personally, I personally thank you. People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination, thanks you for spending your Tuesday with us. Check us out next Tuesday, same time, same place. We'll put up the topic. Thanks again for everyone's contribution. And I leave you as I greet you. All powers to oppressed people, African power to an African people, and black power. All I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things as son did. Pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151. One sip will make a nigga flip. Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence. Who I'm gonna body this hood politics, acknowledging. Leave bodies chopped up in garbage. Seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us. Police watch us, roll up and try knocking us. One I duck, could it be my time is up? With my luck, I got up. The cops shot again. Bus stop glass burst, a fiend drops a Heineken. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out, I shoot back. Fuck getting hit. This is my hood, I'm a rat. To the death of it, to everybody, come on. Little niggas is grown. Hood rats, don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Sit from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chase. The street sweepers and coppers. Sick up kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to die,
all I need is one blunt, one page, and one pen, one prayer. Tell God, forgive me for one sin. Matter of fact, maybe more than one. Look back at all the hatred against me. Fuck all of them. Jesus died at age 33. That's 33 shots from twin glocks and 16 apiece. That's 32, which means one of my guns was holding 17. 27 hit your crew. Six went into you. Everybody gotta die sometime. Hope your funeral never get shot up. Bullets tear through the innocent. Nothing is fair. Niggas roll up. Shooting from wheelchairs. My heart is racing. Tasting revenge in the air. I let this shit slide for too many years. Too many times now. I'm strapped with a couple of Macs. Too many nines. If y'all niggas really with me, get busy. Load up the semis. Do more than just hold it, explode the clip until you empty There's nothing in our way, they bust, we bust, they rush, we bust Let's fly and feel it, I feel it in my gut That we take these bitches to war, lie them down Cause we stronger now, my nigga, the time is now All I need is one mic All I need is one mic All I need is one life, one try, one breath on one man. What I stand for, speak for itself. They don't understand or want to see me on top. Too egotistical, talking all that slick shit the same way these bitches do. Wonder what my secret is. Niggas will move on you only if they know what your weaknesses. I have none. Too late to grab guns. I'm blasting because I'm a fool, nigga. Thought I wouldn't have that ass done. Who's you, niggas? What you call an infinite brawl? Eternal souls clashing. World gets deep. Some beef is everlasting. Complete with thick stars. Brothers knifing each other up in prison yards. Drama, where does it start? You know the block was ill as a youngster Every night it was like a cop would be killed Body found in the dumpster, for real a hustler Purchased my range, niggas throwing dirt on my name Jealous cause fiends got they working to play Bitches left me cause they thought it was finished Should've knew she wasn't true, she came to me When a man caught a sentence, diamonds are blinded I never make the same mistakes Moving with a change of pace, light a load See now the king is straight, swelling my melon Cause none of these niggas real hurting were Telling police, how can a kingpin squeal? This is crazy, I'm on the right track I'm finally found, you need some soul searching, the time is now. All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic, All I need is one mic, one mic, That's all I ever needed in this world. Fuck cash, all I need is one mic, Fuck the cars, the jewelry, all I need is one mic, Spread my voice to the whole world. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.